Spider-Man meme when they're all pointing at who's starting. That was in the last episode I edited too. Oh, we bring that up all the time. Because it's what we do. We just sit here and stare at each other. Before Mike breaks in with his beautiful voice, I want all of you guys to picture the office where they're all doing finger guns at each other, just staring at each other. That's what we do every time before Mike starts us off. <laughs> well, that's in Pirates of the Caribbean too. It's pretty sweet. Good morning and welcome back, listeners, for another episode of our Murder Mystery Podcast. I am Mike. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sophie. And this is Sophie's Choice, Murders and Mysteries. Woo! Another episode. <laughs> Do we have some housekeeping? I don't know if I have any housekeeping. I'm good. The Tiki Tac, Gab. Did you want to talk about that? Oh, I mean, it's not necessarily housekeeping, but it's something to yeah. talk about. Yeah, so... We've had our TikTok for a while since we started the podcast, but I haven't been necessarily the best or most consistent social media manager (laughs) over the past few months. But I was like, okay, we have a bunch of stuff that we've been posting on Instagram and TikTok is pushing out the carousel photo type posts. So we're, you know, similar to Instagram when you post a bunch of pictures and you have to scroll through. I took some of the posts that we've done on Instagram and basically repurpose them on TikTok. And two of our videos went mini viral. So one of them um, on the Randall Dooley case has about 120,000 views right now. (laughs) And the other one on the Butcher of Rostov has around 25,000 views. So super exciting. And we also gained over 800 followers in the past few days like last week we were at 39 followers <laughs> 39 so and it was hanging out there for a while and <laughs> so yeah i've been posting a bit on there and once we hit a thousand followers then we can finally put the link in our bio on tiktok because they have a they need you to have a certain follower account to be able to Perfect. do that okay so we are close and that way when people see our videos or whatever posts on tiktok they can easily find the podcast instead of having to go search for it in nice. Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. So if you aren't yeah. following the TikTok, that is where we'll be posting, you know, whatever stories that we've been talking about. And I'm working on getting a bunch of clips edited from oh. different episodes when we sit here and I record with my phone. But that was <laughs> take a while to edit. So yeah, that's that's the update on the TikTok. Woo. On the Tiki Tag. I spent four and a half hours trying to figure out how it works, and then I sent it to the podcast group chat. It's very embarrassing. But anyway, Gabby helped me, FaceTimed me, and I was me. like, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you're going, you're doing this without me. <laughs> it's going to take you way too long. <laughs> we literally, I, I FaceTimed, or did, I think she just FaceTimed I me. I was like, because you were asking all these questions, and yeah. I was like, I just she, need to talk to you about this. When we got on there, I was just like, so instead of doing schoolwork today, I've been trying to figure this out for four and a half hours. And it was just her straight staring at me like, oh, God. 
you should have asked me first. <laughs> it's okay. That's better than I would do on TikTok. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Um, yeah. You got anything? Tits? No. I'll, anything all I was going to add to that was uh, if you guys want to see the fangirls. Oh, God. No. I don't like them. Just kidding. I love them. But Can I add something? <laughs> yeah, yes. we're ready. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. I was going to say, so essentially what Gabby is saying is that if you want to feel like you're here with us recording, uh, telling these different stories, as well as getting updates on different stories, then go ahead and give us a follow on all of our social media, especially our TikTok that is taking off. Yay! Yes. So excited. All right, Sophie, what uh, what kind of story do we have this week? Let's talk mysteries, guys. Today, I actually carefully selected a case from France because for whatever reason, this is known as the land of love, which I guess I've never been, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be so the, skeptical. The but. French language is definitely more romantic than German. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nein. Oh, God. Ich bin traurig. Uh, I'm sad. The- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, it didn't sound romantic. No, but I don't it, know it, is, it is the language of like love, I thought. Mm-hmm. The language of love. Oh, yeah. okay. Sure. Je m'appelle Michel. Wow. Gabriel, that's me. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Safira. Nope, I'm cutting that out. Okay. Safira. <laughs> that's how it would be said, I feel like. <sighs> okay, this is our second cryptid. Are you guys excited? Second cryptid? I feel like we've done a lot of cryptids. We've done a lot of, like, haunted mysteries, but the Wendigo is our only cryptid. But I thought Krampus and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Just we kidding. Did a, we did a bunch of... Like, I was, I was... Urban legends more so, because people yeah. look oh. for the, oh. like, Krampus okay. and um, the... What's the other lady? The witch? Yola Katerin, the Yule cat yeah. from Iceland. And Grilla. P- Grilla. And yeah. Grilla. Yeah, those yeah. are more, like, urban legend witchy. Oh. But Krampus, I feel like, would be. I feel and like... the Yola Katerin. I feel like those are kind of oh, cryptids. Cryptid. Cryptids. I guess I don't know the cryptids. official definition of a cryptid. Oh, I re-looked it up. One guy said, a cryptid is a creature. It can be a quote-unquote mythical creature that people search for or have had sightings or have seen or have hunted or have, you know, actually believe in that there have been numerous sightings over a different region or area or okay. country or whatever so it is. Skinwalk- so Bigfoot. Skinwalkers and Bigfoot yep. and Wendigo. Wendigo. Got uh, it. Loch Ness Monster. Yep. Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Champ. Chupacabra. Like mm-hmm. things like that. Slender Man. Slender. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a creepypasta, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I was really offended because at the end he was like, nobody, like unicorns and dragons aren't cryptids because nobody goes looking for them. Because I grew up, my mother believes that dragons are real, that they were real. I don't know. I should ask Justin if that's a Chinese thing. But my mother always told me growing up stories about dragons and like the Zodiac and stuff. Yes, Mike. Are you watching? Don't, don't, please don't make me sad about dragons. No, I'm not making you sad oh, about okay. dragons at Komodo all. Komodo dragons. Okay. Uh, I just <laughs> had something to say yeah. and didn't want to inter- interrupt you. Recently, I don't know if we mentioned it on another episode. Mm-hmm. Recently, the L.A. County approved the first unicorn license for an eight-year-old because she said, you know, if I find one, can I keep it in my backyard? Shut up. And they legally approved (laughs) a license so that if she finds one, she can keep her unicorn. Stop. That's so cute. That's a real thing. That's actually really adorable. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. (laughs) I'm going to in my spare time. Oh, my God. But yeah, that really hurt me because I was like, I grew up on my mother telling me so many stories about dragons and she's like i should really i really need to ask justin who is our friend of the pod from china she was just like there wouldn't be so many stories about dragons if they weren't real once upon a time and then she's like and if they wanted you 
if all of these creatures wanted you to find them, they would, but clearly they don't want to be found and they're smarter than us. Yeah, it's so. like mermaids. Y- yes. I'm not going to say that I don't believe because Ari would kill me, but yes. yes. It's the same concept. <laughs> like, yes. But like, who's the to say that none of The concept of not these... wanting to be found. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how... M- Mike might actually believe in cryptids. I just feel like so much of the world is un discovered and like what gabby Mm -hmm. said in the last episode when we did the voronezh incident how do you know that the aliens aren't already here what if the cryptids they're just in disguise yeah what if they are alien what if that's their true form anyway anyway (laughs) we are going down a rabbit hole here but that's that's helpful in explaining what exactly a cryptid is because we have those other episodes where i was like well not really aren't those like cryptids but any i don't know yeah all right so here we go francis snap shot first i don't know why i said it weird snap chat snap snap chat hey yo can i get your snap i hate uh, you work that up do girl if if (laughs) nice that was pre-snapchat time it was you are actually wearing a ponytail too my little croissant (laughs) (laughs) can i get your number can Can i have it where your boyfriend at where your boyfriend at (laughs) Oh is he god. tall? Is he hefty? <laughs> is he? Oh my god, I forgot about MTV, for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, this... look it up. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Francis Snapshot. I, I, thought that maybe, I thought that maybe it'd be fun to dive into when I do foreign countries as to like why they have the stereotypes that they do. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think that's a, a bad idea. Oh. But it depends on what stereotypes you're talking about. Well, like with Russia, we did the vodka, the bear, and the hat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what is France? Fun stereotypes. Like to America, like what is France known for? They eat snails. I was going to say bagels and... Croissant. uh, I don't... Or not bagels. Baguettes. Baguettes. (laughs) Not bagels. Baguettes, wine, uh, fine food, fine cuisine. That's, that's where the, that's where the Michelin Emily star thing Paris. came from. Michelin yeah. star. That's that's what we talked about. Yeah, ratatouille. Yeah, but cooking <laughs> the the music, the love, the ooh la la, oh, oui, oh oui. mon ami, wow, that <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's mon <laughs> croissant. Exactly. Was this chef from The Little Mermaid French? Yes. Okay. The one that tries to kill Sebastian? Yeah. Yep. Oh, When you guys no. were saying that, I was like, oh my God, the chef from Little Mermaid. Yep. She's having as well PTSD. As, uh, Lumiere That's from one of my favorite. The Beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. My favorite movie is Little Mermaid. Oh, I thought you were going to say mm. Beauty and the Beast. I was like, no. Mm. That's a little weird. A little bestiality <laughs> there going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so to, for clarification, Gabby is not a furry. <laughs> I mean, Not really, if you think it. about it, she didn't know he could turn back into a human. And so she was totally. She just... was into it. She was into <laughs> the beast. <laughs> anyway, I didn't know what you guys thought of the stereotype thing. I didn't mean like mean stereotypes, but like just like g- generalized. Why, yeah. Right. Why, why are sure. British known for, quote unquote, bad dental hygiene and tea? Like <laughs> because of the food. I actually do know the reason for that. Do you want to save it for when I do a. Yeah, I'll London save it. Case. Yeah, <laughs> I'll save it. We know that you'll come back to it, though. You're good with the facts. And, but, like, yeah. it's not just British people. It's, like, the entire, like, island. Like, all of the United Kingdom. The UK? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I know they all don't want to be, like, combined into one. But, like, yeah, that they, area Apparently, they get real salty about yeah. that. That Nathan tells us. Yeah. I mean, I am British. I'm, like, 80. No. 60? I don't know. Whatever. I am a majority British, so. I mean, that's probably like someone from wow. Minnesota and someone like from Wisconsin. Being like, oh, the Midwest. Like, oh, they're Americans or the Midwest. Yeah, that kind of a thing. And we're like, no. 
Uh, like we're we are the real Midwest. They're fake Midwestern. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yours is mainly blue, blue on twenty three and me. Uh, yeah. Mine's like orange and red. I do have some orange and red though. I got a lot of orange and red. I'm not following. Sorry. It gives you different colors on 23andMe. So like a the lot of my... Co- the different colors yeah. are different colors. Mm. Like if you're primarily Caucasian, most of your stuff will be blue oh, or like New yep, Dane. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you're straight blue and so is Nolan. Straight but up. mine's half like red and red and orange, which is the Malaysia, mm-hmm. su- Southern Asia. Obviously, that's where my mother's from. So anyway. All right. Kicking us off with the stereotypes then. I'm yellow too. Yeah, because you're indigenous yep anyway. I, w- I was gonna cross off the stereotype part if you guys didn't want to but anyway no i think it's funny i do like, too like like light-hearted stereotypes obviously yeah. i'm never gonna come at you like yeah well whatever anyway. they smell bad i mean you said british people have bad teeth <laughs> i know but like <laughs> i'll own the obesity thing because we have mcdonald's every five fucking minutes oh for sure you know yeah okay i'll own it anyway it's just just general it's just general <laughs> little little things i mean i don't know will people come for us if we do it they can bring us their own stereotypes of Americans. There you go. We'll embrace it. Okay, so the French do indeed regularly consume snails, but if they ride the train, they need their own passports. How cute is that? Wait. The snails. The snails oh, need I their was own like, passports. <laughs> I was like, the people need their own passports. Like, I was yeah. so confused. <laughs> like, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> Wait, the snails where? The snails need the their snails own passports. The snails in the carts, in the crates. They need their own passports to ride the train. Well, Isn't that so cute? I, mean, I know the sn- ones that they eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you were talking like pet snails. No, like what they eat. I, I'm. I, of course, I know they're not going to be teeny tiny cute little passports, but that's what I'm envisioning. Like, oh my soul, and like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little snail holding a yeah, slimy yeah. little passport. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a cute visual. Yeah. Anyway, have you guys seen the movie Flushed Away? I guess that's more not British. Not in a long time. Okay, slugs. Is that the slug? That's, yes. Okay. Both. They get yes, flushed the on the singing, toilet. The singing slugs, but it's, yes. it's about the rats that get flushed on the toilet. And yeah. Oh, they're on the things. log and they're like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just picturing like the singing slugs just doing things with their own passports. <laughs> <laughs> on new, the train. New merch. Little mm-hmm. snails with passports. Okay. So France is the most visited country in the world. And because of this, I did do some digging, gab into the whole Paris crime thing. And I have to say my sources were about half and half. With half saying that crime isn't any more hired than compared to us here in New York. While the other half said it quite plainly for multiple traveling sites such as TripAdvisor, The Broke Backpacker, and Travelers Worldwide, Paris is a big city and as such it has big city problems, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. Be that as it is, in fact, the most sought after romantic travel destination in the world, it is generally known to locals that, of course, it is filled to the brim with tourists who come with money. That being said, all three of the sites who publish articles specifically on traveling to Paris and Paris alone, I can't speak to the rest of France because I just fucked off on all that research. The biggest risk you run into while traveling there is petty theft, aka if you are traveling in pairs or solo as opposed to bigger groups, you are 97% sure to be pickpocketed. So just be aware of your surroundings if you don't go in a big group. Yeah. When I travel, even like when I went to Bali... Mm-hmm. And I was on the whatever flights, and I was like, Indonesia is so low crime, though. No, but I I know, but just in general, when I travel, especially in airports, I'll wear my crossbody. Mm, yeah. Um, and a lot of times I'll put it like under my sweatshirt. That's smart. So that, you that have it's that. on your body mm-hmm. because it fits my passport, all of my stuff, 
and then it's on me and it's that's something that's kind of hard to get off of somebody to like steal you know yes versus if it's just in your pocket like literally in your pocket or Mm -hmm. whatever and then i know some other people that are even more intense get the things that go into underneath all your clothes and they go Mm -hmm. like in your waistband so that people can't (laughs) no it's for yeah, real. it's a, like it's it, a really good in thing. Paris. Uh-huh. I know. And they're like RFID protected, mm-hmm. so people oh can't God. scan your cards and stuff. Wow. Okay, so I want a fanny pack like what you have, but not fuzzy for my birthday. A Lululemon one. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay, they're all then yes. The, the Lululemon belt bags, which are. Do you want one too, Mike? A fuzzy fanny pack? That's yeah. okay. No, I, I'll show you. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Mike's birthday is October 4th. Do you have a black one? I do. Oh, okay. I have I like, like I've always seen I, you with I the think black I have one. six of these now. Okay, well, <laughs> I wear them every day. I mean, I just change them out. Not the fuzzy ones. I have two fuzzy ones mm. and then like four. My mother always told me that. That's why I have a crossbody purse. But my mother always told me to have it zipped up and always wear a crossbody thing because if somebody tries to take it or break the strap, they're taking you with them. As opposed right. to one that's on your shoulder. Yeah. And well, and I use these every day, mm-hmm. so I just change them out depending on my outfit. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Good deal. Okay. <laughs> the other stereotype I looked into was the reason that French people have the misconception, or maybe not so much the misconception that they're rude, so much as maybe they're all kind of more introverts, is that while here in America, while you might be waiting in line at the post office for a long time and get to talking to your line buddy, exchange names, talk about personal things, etc. In France... It's considered impolite to share too much too soon. So I found a local Parisian who runs a blog where she had a post where she addresses this stereotype specifically. And she says, quote, in France, we sometimes don't trust people who want to become too close of friends too quickly. So by default, we stay silent and stare to be respectful of others. It's not seen as impolite. On the contrary, silence is a sign of respect. We don't want to bother them, end quote. Which is like, in America, I feel like that's the opposite. If you're just staring at me and I'm like talking to you and trying to be personable, it's kind of rude. Yeah. The other thing I think is that a lot of the reviews from people thinking that Parisians are rude are the tourists that Parisians are having to deal with all Mm -hmm. the time because there's so many tourists there. It must just be annoying, annoying, especially because a lot of them don't speak French. Right, and then asking questions and being like, where should we go? What should we do? And it's just, ha- if it happens all the time, I I would also just shut down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to people. Well, think of that compared to where you were in Bali. Indonesians are extremely welcoming and it's a highly populated tourist location. They're so eager to like talk to you and smile yeah. and like be so friendly. So but they, I think it's just that cultural difference. Like she said, silence is respect. Don't they re- completely rely though on tourism in Bali? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, but like even when you, no, they don't. But like even when you go to the more rural like islands, they still are friendly like that. Yeah, Nusa Penida. So that was so fun. Yeah, but anyway. But yeah, like she said, I think it's just a cultural difference. Like they see the silence as respect, whereas we're just kind of like, oh, I'm a dumbass, and you're just staring at me. (laughs) I saw this other TikTok. I know I talk about TikTok all the time. I'm sorry, but it was regarding kind of going to European cafes mm-hmm. for coffee versus mm-hmm. in america where it's like oh my god hi how are you how's your day going oh my gosh <laughs> what kind of coffee would you like today okay cool did you want to add blah, 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 blah. like and they're just you versus in a you know european cafe which i have experience going to you just walk in and they're like what can i get you and then you just tell them and they're like okay cool 
thanks basically they just do their job yeah they're just like they're not trying to like have small talk with you or right so we have the fun bubbly baristas yeah and then (laughs) in europe they're just chill and it's because cafes are more of like a quiet space to Mm -hmm. go be at Mm -hmm. and versus here like i sometimes can't go to starbucks because it's so loud Loud, in there and people are talking and it's yeah anyway so there is like a big difference i I would say cultural difference just in general like going into these other european countries right i did want to say if that were the rule of thumb to like not make friends with like strangers out in public spaces i wouldn't be friends with either of you bitches yeah we wouldn't be friends with like i wouldn't be friends with like half of the people in our oh yeah no anyway yeah no no yeah Yeah, no (laughs) no, yeah no yeah and france produces at least 1200 cheese varieties in a year that's a lot of constipation am i right i love cheese me too so does nolan moving on to why we're all here Let's talk mysteries, guys, because Sophie's choice this week is our second cryptid, all the way from France. The Beast of Gévaudan. Gévaudan. I've never taken French, so... That was pretty good, I would say. going to be really rough. Oh, okay, thank you. That's the only time it's going to be okay. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) According to a 2020 history article by Joseph A. Williams, in April of 1764, in the south of France, a young woman tending cattle was attacked by a creature she described as, quote, being like a wolf... Yet, not a wolf, end quote, but survived because the herd she was tending actually defended her. Aside from her life flashing before her eyes and her dress being horribly tattered, she lived! Which I think, I think the protecting thing would be common for like a cattle dog, but for cattle, like, cows. Yeah. It's a cow farm. It's got big cows outside. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little weird to me. I mean, I only have interaction with my grandfather's cows, but like even you take care of them. And when I jump up on the fence, they're still scared of people. Like, right. Man, French cows might be different though. French cows, they'll cut a bitch. But if they, <laughs> they're like, don't fuck with my girl. But if they're being tended to all the time. Yeah, my grandpa tends to his cows all the time. I know, but oh. but just like the different, different. She might just be different with the cows. Like yeah, like one might, of their own. Yeah. One of us. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. That's what I thought. Because I was like, a dog I could see because like hashtag man's best friend. But the cattle? Okay, well, maybe. Anyway, and especially back then, you have to think all the animals were smaller back then in the 1700s as opposed to what they are now back then. Hmm. I think I I just quick Googled it. I should have included it in here, but I think I think they were like a little less than half the size that they are now. Okay. Mini cows. Yeah, cute little cows. <laughs> little Maybe moon. that's why she had a better relationship with them. Yeah, they're more... She named them well, all and she was like, these are my friends. And maybe they weren't really protecting her, but just protecting the herd or protecting themselves. Defend, like just fighting back. Mm, and she just happened to be in the middle, you think? Right. Okay. Yeah, that but could yeah. be it. The weird thing was, was that the creature that resembled a wolf not quite a wolf was after the girl despite being surrounded by cattle cows yeah yeah like wouldn't you just pick off one of those anyway she lived to tell the tale and described the creature with her brief encounter great for this gal but unfortunate for the next jean bollet a 14 year old shepherdess in june of 1764 as well she was maintaining a herd of her own in the wooded valleys of gevaudan country according to a french version of national geographic in an article by juan jose sanchez aracigor a few hours later jean bollet's body was found seriously mutilated Looking very similar to a wolf attack, 
Her death was nothing out of the ordinary at the time, for it was not uncommon for children to drive sheep and cattle on their own. And wolves were well known to be among the perils of pastoral life. But victims like Jean Bollet would soon start piling up. Although many people in the area were talking about these attacks, news, as you can imagine, didn't travel quite as quickly back then. And the connections weren't made at first as the murders began to escalate. So here we go. A few weeks later, the rumor spread throughout the Upper Valley that the beast had reappeared. On June 30th in Viveres, nope, Viveres, I'm just gonna, yep, Americanize that shit. A 14-year-old girl was witnessed to have been attacked and a good portion was devoured, but was said to have torn her to pieces and then left her in the field. Again, I know. Again, in August, there was another attack on three separate 15-year-old boys from a village of Shayla Lievske, who were tending their sheep, a woman from Arznik, and a little girl from the village of Thorts and another shepherd boy from Shedderuk, all found dead in the fields to which they were tending, all horrifically mutilated and barely recognizable. In September, another girl from Rochelle's, one man from Chazanat, so that was the first man that was attacked, and a woman from Apter all disappeared. Villagers who went looking for their fellow missing neighbor only found shreds of clothing and debris scattered in fields leading off into the woods nearby. Those three villagers' bodies were never found. Five days after that attack, a 36-year-old woman was found with her throat slit in her garden of estrates. On October 8th, a young boy from Porgay returns to the village to testify and tell the villagers of what he saw, but the sight of him is really what horrified everyone. He was half dead, as he had encountered the beast in an orchard where he was attacked, and the beast lacerated the skin from most of his skull and chest, aka the poor kid was scalped, which I've been doing research on a different indigenous case we're going to have coming up, Only three people in the history of ever being scalped or partially scalped have ever survived to tell the tale because you have so many blood vessels Mm -hmm. in your head. Yeah. And that was with immediate medical assistance. Mm -hmm. So this kid coming off with his skull flapping off, Uh like his skin flapping off, and he's like, you'll never believe what I saw. And they're like, oh my God, what are we looking at? Like (laughs) that. What you saw? What am I looking at? Yeah. What you saw? What are we seeing? So, Mike, did you get thoughts? You look like you're going to throw up. I'm <laughs> I, sorry. I, I might. <laughs> that Chick-fil-A is coming back up. <laughs> Team breakfast coming back up. Just want to say a solid just, <laughs> Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And that was French, by the way. <laughs> Another weird attack happened later that October. A 20-year-old girl was found near St. Alban in a meadow. She was horribly torn to pieces, and it was noted that when her body was discovered, she was drained of most if not all of her blood and the beast had devoured her entrails and that was it and aka in case you don't know what entrails is that's her intestines oh just we got that just in case (laughs) yep and this was only the beginning of a long series of murders according to a website completely dedicated to the beast called la labette g la which is French for the Beast of Givaudan, is run by an older man whose great-great-something-grandfather was alive during the time of the Beast. According to his website, for three years until July 19th of 1767, the Beast of Givaudan killed over a hundred people, his last victim being a quite young small child. Now across the board, we've established that, okay, these murders are definitely grotesque. They involve either entirely consuming people, almost all of which include women and children, if you guys didn't kind of notice the pattern, or leaving them torn apart or partially eaten, throats cut, etc. So we've established MO, one could say. Now this is a new little segment I'm so excited for that I brought up to the team over the weekend where I'm I'm going to describe our cryptid 
And based oh, on what they're hearing, no. wait, we're going to put it on TikTok. No. Based on what they're hearing, Mike and Gabby are going to draw our cryptid. And then I thought it'd be funny to post the pictures of what they drew with the pictures of the regular episode that we release on Thursday. So this will only be when we do cryptids, obviously. I don't want to draw. Oh, man. I even got Archie's crayons. Fantastic. Um. All right. I'm so excited. Okay. Gabby's like, I hate this. I, I hate this so I, much. I do hate it. That's okay. <laughs> I think it'll be hilarious. All right. Let's choose a color here. Mike's like, let me get in proper drawing mode. Yeah. I'm so excited. Just sit up. I love it. Correct posture for it. At least it's not like, okay, here's the murders. Now I'm going to describe to you the perpetrator. You guys draw the composite sketch. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I'm, I'm going to warn you right now. It's not going to be a work of art I'm, from I'm my picturing... side of things. I don't know how talented Gabby. Gabby might be an amazing artist, but. I'm picturing a cute like my, I'm just rereading my journals for a book, but I'm picturing a cute five-year-old version of a dog right now. <laughs> That's what I think I'm going to see from you. According to my Joseph A. Williams history article, the creature was described as being, here we go, guys. Okay. Mike's already doing the thing. Like a wolf, yet not like a wolf. Consistently being described by eyewitnesses as something other than a typical wolf, though. Much larger. Large like a calf or sometimes having the chest like a horse. Its coat was reddish gray with a long black stripe going down the center of his back and a tail that had a tassel-like end. The head and legs were short-haired and the color of a deer and talons on all four of its feet. So maybe extra dew claws is what I'm envisioning on all of its feet. Many drawings of the beast at the time endow it with lupine. Lupine? Lupine? Lupine. There we go. Thank, Thank you, Mike. Good looks. Which comes from lopus, its Latin name, but in French, it's the give it some... Some fancy, yeah. fancy au revoir. It's loop. It looks Lupin. like loop. Yeah. Okay. Lupin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> characteristics. So it has like wolf-like characteristics. Mm-hmm. Witnesses describe the beast. In the Latin for wolf. Mm-hmm. As an ambush hunter, which stalked its prey and seized it by the throat. The wounds found on the bodies were typically to the head and limbs with the remains of 16 victims reportedly decapitated completely, which is unusual for normal wolves. It apparently didn't care for the timing of the kills because the creature prowled in the evenings and the mornings. Okay. I even got colored my my child's colored crayons for them. So this is going to be great. I'm so excited. Okay, I think I have my guy. It's just a big old wolf man. I didn't color him in, though. Yeah, I added some color to mine. Come on, Gabby. I got his stripe going. Okay, let's see what we got. So, Mike, you want to show us uh, your uh, beast of Givaudan? I think it's a wolf. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Okay. And the the gapster. I, mean, I didn't color mine in. That's but, okay. But I got I got this guy. Damn, he's huge. He's a big he's a big boy. He's a big boy. And here's this like web feet talon things I tried to do. And then the, the little, tail the was little tassel tassel the tail. Tassel tail. <laughs> that and looks like a stripe. It looks like It looks like a combination between a porcupine and a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a porky horse. A porky horse. <laughs> oh, that's I, good. I love it. It looks it looks perfect. Oh, wait. He's not connected right here. He's not connected. Oh, he that. had a gap in his chest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Okay. Now you got to show us what he actually looks like. Yes. Okay. What he had, the yeah, Pixar didn't happen. Pixar. Okay. The draw. <laughs> actually, people did record, have a lot of recordings of the Beast of Gévaudan and a lot of doodles, which 
it, it's really ugly, but I'll show you here. And we'll post it on the gram. I mean, I didn't and expect him to be handsome. TikTok. You didn't expect him to be handsome? No. Why not? He's when French. When he's described as the beast of Gévaudan. Gévaudan? God, you did that so perfectly. I've been trying. Oh, I was actually kind of close. You were. That's why it was like, good That's job on the tail. Funny. See, that one's like mine. No, not that one. The other one. <laughs> I was like, I don't Go like to the other one. one. Not that one. Hey, look. Oh. Oh, I even got the coloring right. Wow. <laughs> he did the he did Amazing. the shading and everything. It's like a weird like dragon. Yes. Yeah. Wolf thing. I think it, it looks like a wolf with, with a, a damaged tail. Dog cat. And then cat that, dog. Cat dog. It's like a hyena dog, and a lion dog. had a baby and then that baby bred with a wolf. Yeah. To me, that's what it looks like. Lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> okay. France was in a slump at the time on the heels of the Seven Year War with Britain, which they had just lost. So they weren't feeling so great. And when the first 20 or so people got snacked on by the beast, reached the king's ears, I'm sure it wasn't too concerning to him at the time. He was probably like, what? I'm sorry, peasants being munched on in the south? Uh, Ha ha, I can't hear you over the- I don't give a flying fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And he told them to go fuck (laughs) off. Despite this, the villagers of Givaldon were determined to kill the beast. But there were so many attacks that some speculated there were in fact two or more beasts. The terrified population of Givaudan did not sit idle, though. The individual stories of bravery captivated the public. As Smith writes, bounties were offered and hunters combed the countryside looking for the creature. On October 8th of 1764, hours after one of the vicious maulings, the beast was seen at Chateau de la Braume stalking a herdsman. Hunters followed the animal in the estate's woods and flushed the animal out into the open. The hunter shot a volley of musket fire. Can you imagine musket? Like, it shoots like a shotgun, like... No, it shoots like a musket. Well, it doesn't it, it show, shoot like pellets, like several like one? Oh, yeah. That's a musket ball. Oh. A musket is like a rifle, but with a ball. And it's giant. Oh, like a huge giant metal thing. Oh wait, no, a musket's like a gun, right? Yeah. I thought a musket you had to stuff filled with well, I mean, powder, and it shoots out like a shotgun, like spray. No, a... that's a blunderbust or oh, or a okay. shotgun. But shotgun it can be a muzzle-loaded a... shotgun kind of a deal. But okay. the one what you're talking about, the... a, a musket, uh-huh. is the 1700s, 1800s version of a rifle. Okay. In that they had musket balls. Some of them had uh, the rifling inside of it, mm. um, but some didn't. It was just a solid tube on, on a buttstock that you stuff in. Your... I'm, I'm so inappropriate. <laughs> but <laughs> Stuff it. You stuff in the charge. You stuff in uh, some... Pe- some wadding you stuff in the musket ball and then some more wadding to keep it in and then you have a cap well uh, some of them can be flintlock some of them can be um, cap driven but got it uh, okay then the hammer hits the cap and it explodes the the charge and shoots it like a gun so a musket is a Hmm. rifle got it okay so they shot a volley of musket fire into the creature and it did fall the beast simply rose and ran back off into the woods which terrified the people obviously Even children were celebrated for taking on the beast. On January 12th of 1765, the beast attacked 10-year-old Jacques Porfa and a group of seven friends ranging from ages 8 to 12 children. Oh my god, babies. (laughs) Babies. I'm sure they were sick of the beast snacking on all their friends, so Porfa led a counter... Sorry, that was my words, not the article. (laughs) Snacking on folks. Porfa led a counterattack with sticks because they're, you know country folk, pe- peasants back then in the 1700s. So that's all they had to defend they themselves. They had rifles. 
Well, the older men did, but the but children in the field, the yeah, kiddos, tending yeah. their, yeah, the babies. Yeah, sometimes they were responsible for hunting and stuff themselves, so they had their own muskets. Well, the kids only had sticks. Okay, well. <laughs> they did not have muskets. Yeah, they didn't have muskets, unfortunately. <laughs> and they drove off the creature, but not before it took a bite out of Porfa's cheek and ate it on the spot, like the children. You're sure he didn't save it for later? Witnessed him. <laughs> Pocketed in his cheek, and he's like, nah, nah, nah. The children were actually rewarded by Louis the Fifteenth, and Porfa, as a, the ringleader, was given an education paid for by the crown. Anytime you say Porfa, I think of four paw. This yeah. is backwards. Four paw. Oh, our restaurant. Yeah, in, yeah. In, I'm in like, Minnesota. wait, what? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I remember he was French. Yeah. I carefully select all these cases so they all connect. No, I'm kidding. That would everything take a, is always connected. That would take a lot of planning. <laughs> So the children's heroics prompted the court of King Louis XV to send royal hunters to destroy the beast. There was now a 6,000 levier bounty on the creature's head. The story of the beast, meanwhile, was spreading and covered in newspapers from Boston to Brussels, becoming one of history's first media sensations. And now remember, this was before the time that cryptid was a word or a thought. So I think that's why they just called it the Beast of Gévaudan. Mm-hmm. Among the most notable tales of bravery was... When a 19 or 20-year-old Marie-Jean Vallée was attacked by the beast on August 11th, 1765. My birthday. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> I was like, happy birthday to me. But remember, I've got a friend that's on the 12th and the 10th. So yeah. all three of you guys are like. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. While crossing a river with her sister, armed with a bayonet affixed to a pole, <laughs> Vallée impaled the beast in the chest which scared the creature away, but he still, he, he didn't fall when this happened, unlike when the men had cornered him and flushed him out. He just ran away. But Valet, okay. Valet became known as the Amazon and the Maid of Gévaudan. There's even a statue, which uh, we will post on the gram, but I just showed you guys, of portraying and her. And the Tiki Tac. Good, good looks, Mike. Wow, look at him. Social media ambassador over here. They even made a statue in Alvers. Poita Lori in France. I just really Americanized that. It was made in 1995, though. After the young girl and a gaggle of surviving little humans stood up to the beast, King Louis was probably like, okay, they're making me look bad. I'm going to do something now. For some, this prospect of catching the beast is a good career plan that also came with the hope of redemption for some. With many common men shoving clothing down the throats of wolf, wolf corpses, bringing them in, or having done autopsies of sorts, and then placing human bones in the stomach of larger wolves that they had killed... Hmm. days after an attack would happen which i did look this part up wolves wolves and wild animals typically don't ingest the bones even though they want the bone marrow they'll just break them and suck on them and chew on them to get the bone marrows and even if wolves do ingest bones their body breaks it down and digests it in 24 hours Mm -hmm. so the days after isn't that crazy the days after an attack that wouldn't that doesn't track because you could tell that people were putting human bones in the wolves because it wouldn't be like yeah that was the very next day yeah Yeah. it wasn't fast enough but anyway all these people were found out obviously to be hoaxes but in the fall of 1764 in accordance with the king's instructions jean baptiste dumel sorry i just thought of josh dumel who's from minot i'm like jean baptiste jean baptiste (laughs) i think that's what it is yeah not jean yeah, Jean ba- Jean. Jean-Baptiste. 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 Captain Aide Major of the Army, a native of the region, placed himself at the head of the hunt, recruiting thousands of local inhabitants to help him track down the beast. According to some testimonies, the beast would have a long black stripe running down the back, which is what he was banking on spotting. Captain Demel hypothesized that it was not really a wolf, 
but rather a big cat. Quote, this animal is a monster whose father is a lion. It remains to be seen who the mother is, end quote. Which that kind of sounds like folklore kind of a thing. I mean, I was going to ask if there was any chance that this could be a mountain lion because they do have those there as well. They do, but yeah, it just doesn't... Um... And the other thing is that there have been plenty of lion-esque or lion-looking creatures or what's the word I'm looking for? Not a... not a Maybe panther, but describing jaguars and, and cheetahs and all those different things. Um, a big cat. Big cat. <laughs> Big meow meow. That had since been thought to be extinct that were more like prehistoric type cats. There were types of those that were sometimes described as like a liger, which would be a lion and a tiger mix kind of a deal. But it was actually just a different breed of cat that looked like a mix between the two. Yeah, that's the only reason I know what a liger is is from Napoleon. Dyer. Yeah, I was I was very a, like, yeah. I don't get it. I've Do never, you not eat your tots? I know what a liger is because of Tiger King. There you go. I never yeah. wa- I never got into that. There was, well, I'll get into the theories at the end, but there was a creature, a dog-like hyena cat thing that is native to Africa, at more so African countries, but it was extinct prior, like a hundred years prior to these attacks. To right. the, And it's just like... There could have just been one on the loose. I was going to say, yeah, there's been, a, there's been a couple and different there, species that have been rediscovered. Yeah. But or if somebody, sometimes that's or if somebody a, like a French nobleman stole one of those things and then it escaped or something. Yeah. Okay. So with his dragoons, which is a French cavalry, he set up his headquarters near Givaudan in St. Chalet. And it is there where he held counsel with most of the re-owned hunters in the region. He then made a plan of a campaign which consisted of eight beats, so not unsimilar to that of police beats that we have today, with a gratuity of 2,000 pounds, which back then they offered 6,000 pounds. Today, it would be $2,412 for us here stateside to fucking face this man eating. Not worth it. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. He also commanded that the remains of the great creature be brought to their camp and be brought back to the courts. All eight beats were carried out, but produced no such beat. All I could think of at this time was all the king's horses and all the king's great hunting men couldn't capture old Wolfie from snacking again. <laughs> I always found that line pretty funny because in the Humpty Dumpty couldn't tale, Humpty together. they say, yeah. well, <laughs> couldn't keep old Wolfie from snacking again. I mean, again. The, the king was like, all right, well, you know, the men couldn't do it. Let the horses try. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> With their hooves. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Also, did you know that they never say Humpty Dumpty is an egg in the actual story? I have. Yes. That was pointed out to me. Well, yeah. He was just a... a, a, Crazy guy, maybe. circle thing because he fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike. I think this this will be your favorite part. That's my favorite part. Captain Dumel and his men dressed up in dresses to try to trick the beast because he was only attacking women and children. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait. I'm going to do what our readers do. Can you guys guess what happened next? What do you think the beast did when the when the, Captain Dumel and his men dressed up as women in the field? I think laughed he, hysterically. He, he laughed and ran away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, he was like, no. The beast in the woods. You're, you're a man. <laughs> so they all went into the, the town or they, they all went out to go like hunt the beast, the right? <laughs> you are a man. So if the men all left the town... Dressed as women into Dressed the field. As women into the field. Mm-hmm. The beast went into the town and snacked the women. on people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? You think he laughed from the forest? <laughs> like hyena. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like a, a hyena laugh. Literally. <laughs> okay. So they also, when they went out in the field dressed as women, they they put traps of livestock bodies filled with poison. 
but yet that still could not fool him. 20 to 30,000 men were enrolled in the hunt to track this beast down. Dre- not all dressed as oh, women. Yeah, I was going to say, can you imagine 20 to 30,000 men just like running across a field? <laughs> <laughs> but they have to be high pitched like, ah! Yeah. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout! No, I was thinking have you, in Pirates of the Caribbean when they send the two pirates out into the boat. Yes. In the dresses. Yes, yes. Why does everything... <laughs> Why does everything we talk about on this podcast lead back to Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever? They're very quotable movies. They are. Quotable, relatable to the story. Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so while they had the tunnel vision of dressing like women and primarily focusing on the Jouvaudan area. Wait, can I change my answer? Yes, because I'm just about to reveal. I feel like, so all these people that dressed up as women, the thing probably went after one of the guys, like just changed his strategy. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I'm good. I'm done. The beast fucked off and he went to snacking on five girls, four children, and one woman from the St. Columbia area, which is two hours, 45 minutes northeast see? of Givaudan. That's what I was saying. <laughs> he was like, see ya. Yeah. They all went into the field. He's like, nah. And then he went and snacked somewhere else on women and children still. I feel like him and his wife and his kid were like having tea off to the side and they like watched all these men dressed as women into the field and they were like, you want to go to St. Columba? And the wife's yeah. like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting kind of weird around here. We it's should probably getting- leave. <laughs> it's getting kind of yeah. weird. The no, food changed here. Ultimately, when... A predator hunts an animal. Mm-hmm. It goes for the smallest, weakest. Right. Wolves member especially. Of the herd. Like normal wolves. Right. So women and children are oftentimes a lot smaller than the male counterparts. We're the only species though that's like that. That the in men a are lot bigger. Ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of species, the women are bigger, the women are the hunters, the women are the more aggressive. Badass. Badass ones. Exactly. So for humans though, the animal that he was hunting. Was the women and Went children. Went with the yes. weaker one. He didn't necessarily care that they were girls or boys or women or whatever. He just cared that they were smaller and weaker, easier to catch and eat, mm-hmm. easier prey. I like Mike's so idea then, of being like, oh, the, f- the food's getting kind of weird around here. <laughs> no. So even when these... They dress like a woman. Even but. when these big, strong men, you know, went and put pantyhose on. <laughs> and they put the mop a, wi- the mop wigs on. <laughs> the, the wolf was just thinking... All right, that's still a big, strong. That's still whatever a dude. the hell it is. Still a dude. Yeah, it might be prettier, but it's still big and strong, and I'm not going to hunt that. I'm going to hunt a smaller one. I think it's just it's an animal, and so it didn't care if it was a woman or a man. It just went for the smaller, weaker ones. I think it's smart to go. Okay, so this town was 204 kilometers or 127 miles away, which I thought was just interesting. Like they come with all these troops. Or maybe the influx of humans scared it off. I don't know. Either way. After seven months of hunting with no success, Captain Dumal and his dragoons, I always want to say dragons, eventually left the region. So since that guy failed, on September 20th of 1765, King Louis XV sent out Francois Antoine, his 71-year-old gun bearer, and his nephew. Some sources say son, others say nephew. I'm going to say nephew. Gun bearer, I think, is just like a caddy, but with rifles. It's like his personal, like, huntsman dude. Is yeah, what I read. that's what I'm saying. It's caddy. His, he just carries like the guns. Like a golf caddy? Yep. Oh, I don't do golf. So it's the guy <laughs> okay. who carries your shit around on yeah. the golf okay. course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, his caddy. So his gun caddy. Yeah. He sent this guy, this 71-year-old guy out to hunt for the creature. This is just one of many dumb things that happened in this episode, but my first thought wouldn't be like, you know who I should send out to kill this beast that fucking kids and women and everybody the else? super is- old guy? Yeah, the 
this this beast snacking on poor people. Well, he's fucking, expendable. Fucking grandpa and his nephew. Well, to be seventy-one back in this, I can't believe that's, they even lived that long. I know that's old. <laughs> back then. I mean, yes and no. I mean, sometimes my grandpa's about to be eighty. Yeah. In 1765, Mike, that's phenomenal sure. mm-hmm. to live to see 71. Yes and no. Uh, once you actually got past... <sighs> I hate when he does that. So <laughs> the life expectancy is an average, right? And a lot of babies were dying around then. A lot of young people were susceptible to sickness and illness. But if you were able to reach past around, you know, in your 20s and 30s, then you're a lot stronger and you're usually able to live to that 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. Unless, it wasn't unheard of. Unless you're being snacked on. Right. Hey, but again, you know, he's 71 and <laughs> has seen plenty of life already. And so they're they're thinking he's expendable. He doesn't have much time left anyway. So we'll send him out to, <laughs> All right. to go hunt You ready wolf. to hear the life expectancy of France in the mid-18th century? Mm-hmm. We're ready. 25 years. I That's what I'm saying, yeah. Half, half of, well, granted, half of all children died before age 10. That. Hashtag so that's what brings it down. Vaccinations. Hashtag being snacked on. But still, like... So that's what actually brings it down. That's what I'm saying. If you get past that 20 years old, 30 years old... You golden. Then you're good to go. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but I yeah, just like think you 71 said, is the old, kids. like, in general, to just be that Phenomenal. Thing. Like, I, I don't agree. think people, like, actually <laughs> live that long. I agree. Mm. I really don't think so. So anyway... I don't believe it. <laughs> Grandpa and his nephew... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Grandpa and his nephew shot a large wolf near an abbey at Chalice, which was assumed to be the beast, measuring 80 centimeters or 31 inches high and 1.7 meters or five feet and seven inches long and weighing 60 kilograms, which is 130 pounds. The wolf, which was named Liloupe de Chaise, butchered that. Okay, moving on. Af- after the after the nearby Abbey de Chaise was said- Shay. Yeah. Shea. With a Z? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Shea. Silent C H A Z E S. Shays. 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 Okay. Or Shayas. Abby does Shayas. Day. <laughs> D E S. Yeah, you don't say the S though. Oh. A lot of S's are silent. A lot of X's. Lots of letters are silent in French. Did you notice that France was added to our country of listeners recently? No. They're gonna be really upset. They're gonna be. They're gonna be like, pissed. <laughs> we're done. We're never listening to this again. I'm really pissed at this episode. So sorry, guys was said to have been quite large for a wolf. Antoine officially stated, quote, we declare by the present report signed from our hand, we never saw a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage, end quote. The animal was further identified as the culprit by attack survivors, who recognized the scars on its body inflicted by victims defending themselves. The wolf was stuffed and sent to... Versailles? Versailles. <laughs> That one was perfect. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, it's like the Treaty of Versailles. So phonetic. That was great. I am a really phonetic reader, that was, you guys. I know, you but know this. I'm really? so sorry. But when you said no, it uh, phonetic, I could see it in my yes. head, and then I was like, Versailles. knew exactly what you meant. Okay. Like in Crazy Rich Asians. I've only like, watched part our, of that drama. Oh yeah, we were drunk when we watched that episode, <laughs> or that movie. With Justin. But when when they go to she goes to her friend Piglin's house. Okay, and they, she was like, wow, I love your house. There's so much gold. And she's like, we were inspired by the Hall of Versailles. Oh, okay. That's This is that's, why you guys yeah. are my friends. You keep me smart. You keep me on track. So I great. Just, I just know a lot of <laughs> Yeah, things. I was just going to say the know. Treaty of Versailles. And like Treaty Versailles of Versailles, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my whole thing. History buff. Not Yeah, I'm not a history buff. Okay. 
sent to Versailles. Is that the capital? No. No, Paris. I'm pretty sure. That's capital. what I thought. Okay. I was like, it always refers back to the courts. Oh, is that where the palace is, though? That, yeah, there it is, was. There oh, is a palace there. Okay. That's like the Hamptons of France. <laughs> Fancy. So rich people live yeah. there. Yes. Okay. Where Antoine's son slash nephew, Antoine de Bernay, was hailed as a hero. Antoine himself, so aka grandpa, stayed in the Avergine woods to chase down the female partner of the beast and her two grown pups. Avergine. Sure. I told you I'm going to pronounce these as white as I fucking get. Dude, I speak German and English, and that's it. I'm never taking French. It's a lot of, like, loogie hawking that I yes. can't master. Yep. It's very much up in the front of the face. I, I think it just does things that I can't do with my tongue. Oh, that sounded dirty. No, I'm, that's okay. Spanish. I'm French. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. It's just, like, a lot of throat stuff. Wee. Oui. Whereas, like, German's a lot of tongue rolling, and that I grew up with that, so that's easier for me. Yeah. Versailles. 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 Oh, Anton no. succeeded no. <laughs> in killing the female wolf and a pup, he claimed, which seemed already larger than its mother. Why do you know it's a pup if it's already bigger than the other one? Okay, anyway. At the examination of the pup, it appeared to have a double set of dew claws. Sorry, do we all know what those are, Mike? Yes. You know what dew claws are? Okay. For listeners who don't know, it's now current days with dogs you'll only find them on the front part of a dog because the front legs yes they're like <laughs> thumbs but for a dog but you shouldn't clip them because they have their own blood source and sometimes abnormally like my dog captain he has an abnormality he has one actually on his back foot which is oh. rare nowadays because it's like tail docking once you mm-hmm. do it so much which with the back do claws you always do it because you have they... little dogs with short stubby tails yeah but when you Ding. jump into like <laughs> <laughs> when you jump into the snow or the ice, yeah. you run the risk of those dew claws on the back because they're more fragile being ripped off and then your yeah. dog could bleed out. So over time, dog breeders would clip them similar to tail docking on the back legs, at least. So dogs don't typically have dew claws on the back anymore. But anyway, I had a dog that had dew claws um, on all four. She was a uh, she was a mix. Oh, my God. One of Rosie's babies had dew claws on all four. And we mm-hmm. were like, oh, that's fucking weird. She got them removed. Yeah. But I was like. Yeah, she was very weird. So my dog was sorry. Why am I? Why am I blinking? She was a black lab German Shepherd Newfie mix. I don't know what that last one is. Uh, but... Newfoundland, the oh, giant fucking the big dog. dogs. Big yeah. boys. Whoa. Yeah. So oh. Newf- Newfoundlands have. I would love to have Newfies. <laughs> They're so big though. So um, cuddly and just happy. I love big dogs. <laughs> well, yeah. you know this. Obviously, I have three huskies. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was my my giant fucking dog with Duclaws that I had. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I love new feet. Yeah, one of Rosie and Captain's babies had, we call Captain's his nubbin. Like from, his nubbin? Like from, oh yeah. my you see a thing, you hear a word. <laughs> hear a word. I thought that's what it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like limp, like a, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like his little, it's hanging his lucky out. fin. Yeah. Like, like Nemo. a skin tag. Yes, <laughs> like it's a, like a skin tag. <laughs> So anyway, his lucky fin. That's our lucky fin. That's our floof sidebar nation. So the other pup was shot and hit and was believed to have died while retreating between the rocks, but he didn't go after it, so we'll never know. Antoine returned to Paris and was awarded with money and titles, and the corpse of the animal was stuffed and sent to the royal court for all the looky loos to commence the ooing and eyeing. The grandpa and his nephew son thing looked real dumb though because attacks started up again in December. This time the beast seemed different, at least behaviorally. So where the creature before, remember, had been afraid of the cattle, this time it wasn't. So then it made people of France think was then their second beast. The royal court chose to ignore the new attacks, also a great idea, insisting for the public not to fear. 
King Louis the Fifteenth told everyone that Antoine had killed the creature. Don't worry, my fair citizens, it's just another beast snacking on people. <laughs> A different kind of beast. Between December 1765 and June 1767, there would be 30 additional victims. Fear reigns again in Gévaudan, except this time the inhabitants are left to fend for themselves, without the assistance of military personnel, of course. In the embarrassment after their failure, the authorities no longer pay much attention to them, and the newspapers has, have also turned away from them. Finally, this outbreak of attacks compelled a local nobleman the Marquis d'Apture, to organize the hunt, according to my French National Geographic article I cited earlier. On June 19th, 1767, on the slopes of Mount Monchet, after another beast attack, several men, including local hunter Jean... Jean. 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 Okay, it looks like Jean, yep. but yep. it's like Jean. a French, French Jean. Jean. Yep. Okay. Jean Chastel followed the animal in the woods. Jean mm -hmm. came face to face with the animal. I love you guys. Shot and killed it. From there, the attacks actually stopped. According to witnesses, the dead creature looked something like a wolf, but not quite. It had a hideous head and a red and white gray coat, which was unnatural and unlike hunters had ever seen on a wolf, the wolves in the area before. Because remember, they're peasants. Like, they might not be able to read and write, but they know what a fucking wolf and a cougar and livestock look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, an autopsy of the animal revealed human remains inside. Not bones specifically, but the animal had non-wolf characteristics, as described by witnesses, such as the... Black stripe, the weird coat. The story of its death was told and magnified more than a hundred years later, telling the story of Jean Chastel, a faithful man, the only one able to kill an evil monster. The attacks ended, and while it was assumed that Jean had bagged the beast of Chastel was in fact the beast, doubts remained that it was indeed the actual wolf. According to the Collector article by Marie-Madeleine Renaud, after the beast's death, a doctor did an autopsy, and the corpse of the beast was brought to Paris in hot, sunny August weather. Which... You can imagine Gross. what direction, yeah, this is going in. Georges-Louis Leclerc, a naturalist and famous author of Histoire Naturelle, barely examined the ro rotten corpse of the beast. Keep in mind that because it was summer, so you got to imagine that big boy was soupy. Ugh. So not... That's the worst word you could have chosen to describe that. You, you know what I mean? Like hot in the summer, an animal, like... Uh, it's just decomposing. You're traveling You could have just thing? said he decomposed. Soupy. Uh -huh. Gross. He's soupy. <sighs> Mike's like, I'm not making soup for a long time. It was finally buried in an unknown location, preventing scientists and future generations from studying and unveiling the mystery surrounding the beast of Gévaudan's true nature. The king never acknowledged Jean Chastel as the beast killer, yet history remembers him as the story's true hero. The story of the beast of Gévaudan fascinated people for centuries, and many of them came up with their own theories. Some say it was not a beast, but a man terrorizing the countryside <laughs> dressed in wolf skin although this theory i think is the most funny one because obviously whoever had been close up you'd see that it was a dude wearing a wolf skin and you'd be like dude what the fuck are you doing why are you what are you wearing yeah at least he wasn't out there in a dress <laughs> that's, that's true yeah that's valid, valid. <laughs> another theory is of course the werewolf and my favorite theory that I had to include is that Jean Chastel, the beast's quote-unquote official killer, was actually a werewolf himself, and he just killed a really large wolf to put an end to the hunting. Its true nature still perplexes historians and zoologists today. Based on the reports of the time and the detailed notes taken during the beast's autopsy, experts cannot know for sure the beast's true nature. Was it a dog, a wolf, or a hybrid between both? The mystery remains, contributing to the myth surrounding the beast of Gévaudan. So, if you guys had been alive back then, what would your plan of attack be to catch the beast of Gévaudan? I wouldn't have one, because I would, I would be a child. Or I would be a woman, I mean, not a child. Yeah. I'm a woman. So my, my fucking job. 
Mike, you wearing well, pantyhose? Actually, there was the that one chick. The yeah. one chick, yeah, and her. Yeah, well, you know what? Good for her. Band of gals, <laughs> great. <laughs> you you wouldn't want to join? No. Put a bayonet on a stick and go Gabby's hunting wolves. Like, Good for you and your fucking bronze yeah. statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'd be I'd be in the palace of Versailles. That's where I would be. Let's okay. Be real. Okay. Versailles. I'm kidding. Versailles. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> Mike, are you doing the pantyhose and the mop wig? Oh, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, go see if I can hunt this thing out and then get a I chance to run it. around in a dress at the same time. Yes. And then just see, that's when the song, uh, I feel pretty, oh, so pretty, oh God, I feel yes. pretty and witty and gay. Yeah. yeah that one. That's when that was I written love... during the same time. Actually, or are you? I'm okay. fucking with you. <laughs> Yes, excellent. Yeah. I love your guys' doodles. I thought that this was a fun cryptid to do. Yes, a dude absolutely. Snacking I'm sorry. On, I'm snacking sorry. On I was people. so like not wanting to do it, but I ended up drawing. And and guess what? Did you notice what I put on my drawing? She gave them really good chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave them dew claws. Dew claws. Oh, yeah, ah. claws. Very important. Very important. I gave the dew claws there. So we'll show you guys. Oh, Mike scientist. Gabby, you want to put a little heart with the gab gab yeah. on there? Yeah, might as well. Love Mike, duh. I feel like, okay, we have to put the two pictures that, you because Mike's looks really similar to one drawing a depiction of the Beast of Javudon, and then Gabby's also looks exactly like a different depiction right. of and the, the Beast of Javudon. The best Javudon. part about that is that we didn't see the pictures before we did the drawings. That's Correct. why I thought it'd be fun. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So that is my cryptid for this month. Scary. It's actually very terrifying, like the thought of well, this I, thing on the loose. Yeah. Well, at first I thought it was... Killing people. So I think we're obviously to the point where now we're going to dive in and kind of talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when you first were talking about this story, I thought it was wolf. maybe some serial killer guy using like a wolf or dog or something to cover up the murders. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So that there were a couple right. things that I did want to talk so about. That, that was one thing. But here. then the more that you were saying that it was attacking, I was like, okay, maybe this seems more like an actual just an animal attack. Yeah. Just a whatever crazy creature thing. A beast, a creature. Yeah. So a couple things I wanted to throw in here that I didn't mention, but that I kept thinking about while I did the research for this was wolves attack in packs first and foremost. Yes. Second off, a lot of people who have studied wolves and then who dipped their toe into zoological studies, who studied the beast of Givaudan and like the written articles and notes of people who had experienced or come face to face with the beast. Not only was this thing like much larger, but to leave parts of it or just, you know, decapitate someone and then move on and not eat any of it. That's not typical of a animal. Like you said in a serial killer, those are humanistic traits Ritu- yeah. ritual is human not animal mm. so like the draining blood thing is weird to me just slitting a throat and then leaving it there and not eating that one girl is weird to me that's mm-hmm. human like that that seems like a serial killer thing not a beast thing yeah. so that was my first thought if they hadn't but, like but some animals do kill for fun i yeah. mean like orcas do oh yeah they um, do so <laughs> i this may be a random exception to the rule or something but yeah, I just wanted to. And also some kill in self-defense and run away or some kill in the intention that they're going to eat something, but then scared off by something else and they run away and then they find leftovers. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like carcasses are not completely well, because, eaten that yes. you, but when animals kill them in, right. in the wild. Yeah. 
But then also, like you were saying, in a wolf's stomach, a lot of these carcasses could have been dissolved completely. And so the only ones that they found were the ones that they didn't finish. So I listened to an episode by podcast Astonishing Legends by Scott and Forrest. It's actually really, really good. But they go more in depth. They consulted with a expert, a professor who studies the habits of wolves. Like it is her whole life she's studied. So wolves aren't the type. Not only do they not kill alone like the idea of a lone lone wolf which they also went more in depth into is usually a sick one that's been driven off by the pack and it usually dies alone it doesn't typically survive that long alone but killing for fun is not a typical wolf behavior that's the biggest thing for me they don't just kill they're not like orcas i mean it's not just like yeah throw things around just for so killing for fun is not a typical human behavior either but some people do it some people are booked up enough you Mm -hmm. know So it could be that some wolves wolves do it. It's possible. And lone wolf, a lot of times you said most of the time they are sick or shunned or whatever else it is, but they could have been shunned for other reasons. Like they tried to take over the pack and failed, fought like lost a fight. That could have been why the the tail was damaged. Like I said, the picture looked like it was a wolf with a damaged tail rather than anything else. You know, it could have looked like some other kind of animal's tail because it was just a damaged tail. It was a... It wasn't damaged. It had like a tassel tail, which made it. That's what brought the idea to that's cap, what I'm like, saying, though, like yeah. a lion tail. Yes, that's what brought the idea and Cap Captain du- Demal's Demal, like Josh Demal. Yeah, <laughs> like Josh Demal. Yeah, <laughs> that's what brought the idea of the cap thing. The other right, thing that's that they... what I'm saying though is that a wolf's damaged tail could appear to be mm, something like that. I got that. what you're saying. The other thing that they went really in depth with, that what they talked about with this professor, I cannot remember her name, but Astonishing Legends, definitely go give them a listen. They do a lot of cool episodes. Is rabies. So when wolves wolves have rabies, they attack anything, like whether you're in a crowd, a village or anything, not specifically just children and women. So if there was a wolf that had rabies, it still, it should have attacked men too, is what I'm saying. And then the people would have gotten rabies. So then there would have been an outbreak and there wasn't. Okay. So rabies and lockjaw. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God, I don't know. Cujo, no. Isn't that what happens, right? Like people go into that. If you get rabies, then you develop that whatever where all your muscles get tight kind of like rigor mortis but not oh, fuck, i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah you get prep but it, yeah it's, it's a, like it's stiffy go it's like <laughs> stiffy <laughs> it's like it's like rigor mortis but you're living like like a stiffy go like like <laughs> i don't know what it's called and then the other thing the very this is my last thing that i didn't put in here but it's coming to my mind as we're talking about it the other theory which other than the jean chastel being a werewolf and hiding the shit Oh, he was also a poacher, which is why people kind of thought that he was doing the killings to, like, distract from him killing the occasional deer out of season. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a long shot. But French people liked exotic animals, right? Like, the French powder wig people loved exotic animals. They loved to show them off. They loved to wine and dine with a fucking lion in the cage off to your right. Like, whatever it is. So the other thought was that a hyena, lion, wolfy hybrid thing got on the loose yeah so this is called a thylacine oh mike looked up yeah uh, when we were talking about potential extinct animals otherwise known as a tasmanian tiger whoa we'll put that on the gram too yeah what if somebody just and that brought that shit over from tasmania and do you want to like oops you want to describe it to our listeners mike it looks like a combination of a dog and a tiger and it's native to tasmania Mm -hmm. very good off yep. the and coast so of Australia, that, if you're not geographically advanced. Right. Good looks. <laughs> Good looks. Always here for the learning. Oh, there is a cool thing 
one of the websites that's dedicated to the Beast of Gévaudan, France offers a cute hotel that's like at ground level, but your your bed is like got these huge windows. You can sleep with wolves there. Oh, I've seen that. Ah, I want to do it so bad. It's like that sleep. sounds like a Jurassic Park situation no! waiting to happen. They're like glass panes. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah, glass no, panes. No, it does, it does actually sound really cool. I, they, I like wolves. They do that a lot in uh, Scandinavia, too. Yeah, I was mm. like, in Finland, they have another thing. Um, and they also have a husky the, cafe. The, the igloo things. Yeah, yeah. Where you, like, it's all glass. Yeah. And then you can, the domes where you can see yeah, all the yeah. northern lights. Yeah. And then all the That'd animals. That'd be really cool. And then there's also a section where they raise the wolf pups. And I'm getting so excited. Because, nice. like, ah, God. I just, I love. and huskies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, huskies and malamutes are the closest relation to wolves. So I think that's why I love the husky so much is because I've always been obsessed with wolves. This is crazy. Okay, so the last thing on the the thylacine that I was going to say was that these are animals that today we would think they were prehistoric or long since dead or whatever else. The thylacine didn't go extinct until 1936. Dang. So it was around. So it was definitely possible it could have been around or some version of it, something like it, could have been around and just never discovered. Okay, but Tasmania is an island, isn't it? Or no, it is yeah. attached to the mainland. No, it's an so island it's, south of It is estimated there were around 5,000 thylacines in Tasmania at the time of European settlement. Hmm. So there was so. definitely trade going back and forth. Interesting. But I thought... And like you said, people like exotic animals. That is... Yeah. That yeah, I mean, it's still a thing like now yep. with exotic animal trade and rich like people. Like Tiger King. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and the poaching. And the poaching. And the poaching. What if he, Could have been oh his. Oh, my God. And like you said, yeah. Got, what Did if we fluff, just solve it? No, right? Fluffy got loose. So I was going to say that I, uh, I kind I of agree saying. with Gabby's theory that people could have been performing these murders and then blaming it on some animal. But there were that people that be, survived. So they should have been like, dude, right. why are you so wearing that wolf skin? There could have been a combination. <laughs> there could have, could have, it wasn't all the time. So there could have been a combination of there's a mm. lot of wolf attacks. Mm-hmm. And so because and there's a lot of wolf took- attacks going on, I'm going to say this attack was also a wolf attack. Yeah, so people are taking advantage of yeah. the situation. But then when we examine oh. those, then we see, oh, no, this wasn't a wolf attack. This was done by a human. The throat and then slitting the- one is weird for me because she right. wasn't eaten or munched, like snacked on at all. Right, and so that could have been one human. that was blamed on the wolf attacks but was just human and they just didn't know who mm. did it. All I'm picturing is like a witness, like a teen or something, a youth watching, yeah. watching that woman be killed, unfortunately, and then being like, Jerry, are you are you wearing a wolf skin, man? What are you? And then he dies the next day in the field. <laughs> snitches get stitches. Hold the finger up to the throat. <laughs> snitches get eaten Literally. by wolves. Snitches get snacked on. There you go. <laughs> the boy who cried wolf. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. That is my mystery for this week. Cool. What'd you guys think of our second cryptid? I liked it. Mike seems less bummed this this cryptid. I wasn't bummed in the last cryptid. With the Wendigo? I just feel yeah, like... I participated with the Wendigo. I know. I did too. I think it'd be cool to have more... Pits. N- not Not you. This mm. is not anything about you. Just in general. Because it's so old. From the 1700s. Yeah. Like, more there information. Were more... Yeah, like more pictures. Yeah. There's no pictures because <laughs> <laughs> cameras. Not not around back then, you know. I'm picturing so. a little boy like quick doodle. Hold that, hold that pose. And then he's like drawing the <laughs> Or like sister. in the Flintstones. The oh Flintstones, they use the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chiseling it in. Hold on, stop screaming so, so much. Family photo. <laughs> oh. 
Like what Mike drew. He drew a little dude with the there you go. X's on his eyes and everything. Which King Louis was this? The 15th. Okay. Is that Antoinette? No. Mm, I don't remember. There's so fucking many of them. Can you pick a different name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the I original. It. But I get it. They did it that way because even if they were born a different name, they when they became king, they would become King Louis blah, blah, the blah. 15th because their dad was King Louis the 14th and then mm-hmm. it just kept going. Even if they were born with a different name, mm-hmm. they weren't all born with the like king louis or whatever right. no king so, louis was the one that would that kind of led to the I'm french re- revolution i'm related to a king louis apparently wow i don't know which one i gotta look that up hold on wow, so wow, like wow. right before have you seen les mis no yeah that's a, you yeah. should watch that you knew the answer before you asked you should but, watch that yeah. it's a musical it's it's good it has um hugh jackman and 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 hathaway I was just about to say mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway. I didn't know right? Gerard Butler was in there. I dream a dream of days yeah. gone by. Look down, look down. <laughs> okay, let me look this no. up. Sure. Quick. Hold on. I'm I'm gonna show you who I'm related to distantly. How do you know if you're related to royal people? Twenty three and me, dude. Mine does not tell me that. I must uh, not be related. King Louis <laughs> XVI. That, that just means it's blank. <laughs> Sorry. XVI is sixteen. XVI is sixteen. Yeah, that's the bad one. Right. Is it? Wait, like Louis the Sixteenth, like the one mer- that led to the French Revolution and no, the end 15th of the Fifteenth was oh. the French Revolution. Wait, he was married to Marie Antoinette. I forget which one was because that was the French Revolution. Yeah, that was the okay, end. Okay, so then that might have been it. Yeah, the end. The end. oh, I was okay. So this guy was seventeen ninety three. Um, continue. Oh, uh, the rule of France by men of the House of Bourbon began no. with King Hen- King Henry the fourth in fifteen eighty nine and continued XVI. until. The beheading of his direct paternal descendant, King Louis the Sixteenth, in seventeen ninety three. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's my guy. My guy. Unfortunately. There you go. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> married to Marie Antoinette the Sixteenth. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everybody's obsessed with her. She kind of seems like a. Anyway, I was doing more research on a different uh, for a different episode. Oh, got it. Of her ghost. Mm. She was just a white lady who loved rich stuff. A lady in yep. a white dress. <laughs> That's it. Like, yep, like I'm, the, I'm pretty sure she oh. was the one. Wasn't she the let them eat cake? Yeah. Yeah, because her whole country was starving and she was like, I still like being rich. Well, yeah, if they can't get bread, let them eat cake. You know, she just <laughs> was oblivious. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. kind of like, da-da-da. Anyway. A, a little bit of a floozy. Yes. Will. Yes, exactly. Actually, yeah. Okay, well, cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks. The beast of Jevaudon. Don't go snacking on people. Yeah. Don't. Don't do that. No, that was a good one. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you, listeners, for joining us again for another episode of Sophie's Choice Murders and Mysteries. Uh, we are very happy to have you guys here with us today. We are so excited that uh, our TikTok is blowing up as well as other social media. Go ahead and, and make that happen as well. That way we can definitely afford to <laughs> produce more episodes and spend more time on this for you. It, it is all for you guys. And then for our mini Monday episodes that are coming up uh, on this coming Monday, as well as future Mondays. Go ahead and send in your emails, different comments, different reviews for us, different questions, or different stories that you have. Different horror stories, ghost stories, or sometimes we even accept dating horror stories. Yay! It is very entertaining for us. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you on Monday. Until then, stay spooky. Don't be shitty. Bye! Bye. Gabby, where can they find our podcast? You can find Sophie's Choice Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you like to listen. Make sure to follow and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. Email your spooky stories to sophieschoicemurderies at gmail.com 
and make sure to like and follow at Sophie's Choice Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. All our links are in the show notes. We'll chat with you murderies next week. Stay spooky.